Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. I'm Andrew Horowitz. You came in early. And here I Hello. Uh, yeah, Hello. I did. You know Hello? why? No. You know why? I do not. Because I all I heard was her voice, but I never heard any music. How is that even possible? We've been through this before. <laughs> I'd like to know. How is that even? It's the same. Tr- it's not possible. It's not possible. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, you You sound good. Well, do you want to do it well, over? I want to say I'm John C. Dvorak, and it's the 17th of October, 2023. Not. There you are. So we can hear you just fine. And I got to be honest with you. I don't hear any music. <laughs> all from you. All I hear is your lovely voice. Good enough. Yeah. So listen, we have a lot of things to talk about. Let's get right to it. Uh, because some of the things are really pretty fascinating about what's going on. This recent movement of of troops and uh, earnings and all this converging and the markets are like, eh, you know, whatever. Eh, our oil's up a little bit. We don't care. And if all of a sudden the United States is getting involved in the war, maybe it's a good thing. As a matter of fact, war, war is money, isn't it? War is good. It's good for the, for, the, for, for the people who like to make money on war. Yeah, the warmongers are at it. Listen, you know, the fact is that we need more defense. So we got to do that. So that employs more people and it uses up all sorts of different materials. That's good for the commodity prices, for the investors. And the truth is that, generally speaking, war creates a nationalistic kind of uh, pump. And that's good. I mean, there's all these different things that happen. So that's going on right now. In the backdrop, we have better than expected earnings again from the banks. This is what we see pretty much every quarter. Banks come up with some shenanigans of earnings that nobody could decipher. And they look better. If anybody can uh, manipulate books, it would have to be banks. They created the book manipulation. It was their baby. that's, that's, That's banking 101, isn't it? I never took banking 101, so I really don't know. Banking 101 is basically... Well, as I would imagine, it's it's learning how to put... I think it involves a hand in someone's pocket. Correct, and lipstick on a pig. That's that's what it is. So we got a lot of earnings coming out. We saw Bank of America today beat, and uh, actually a, a bit better. We have some of the details. Tesla and Netflix coming out tomorrow after the close on Wednesday, so that's a big thing. Uh, clearly, banks have been in the spotlight last week. We saw the numbers uh, starting off at J.P. Morgan, which which looked really good. Considering all the things that are going on, the concern about, oh my gosh, I got, the list is long, right? <laughs> you got the concern about uh, higher interest rates and lower lower margins for them. In other words, lower ability to make net interest margin on their money due to the way the yield curve is, and that's a concern. You have lower trading and concerns about that. That's a concern. You have the bond debacle going on and the valuation of the bonds in the back end, whether they're held to maturity or ready for sale, is going to be a problem. All these, I mean, and there's several more, right? You know, this the, the cutoff of this and the and the and the, and the taking uh, private equity basically going to sleep and not having any deals and IPO markets dead. All this stuff, and it's like, wow, I don't think J.P. Morgan heard any of that. They're just <laughs> plodding along, yeah. doing their thing. Yeah, whatever. You know. <laughs> so we saw that was good. Yeah, Goldman Sachs was okay. Um, Bank of America had a pretty big problem with regard to their bond losses, the stuff that took the banks out last March. 
is yeah. is a problem. But they seem to have enough reserves. So we'll see what happens there. We'll talk about that. Um, the war playbook seems to be going along just fine. You know, we need to dust it off and bring it back and start thinking about what do we invest in. Well, you know, uh, defense companies. And- I think those companies are all to the hilt already. I don't know. You, you squeeze any more blood from these things. I, I don't know either. You know, you look at like Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, even Boeing to a degree. Um, several other companies that are in that genre, United Technologies. I, is it possible? I don't know. Maybe I, it's just to push them up just enough so when all this clears up, if ever, the short will be dynamite. Yeah. The one thing that we don't, listen, every budget that goes on, regardless of if, if we're in a wartime or not, the, the, the defense budget rarely ever takes a break. I mean, yeah. and, they're, and they're doing things like, spending all sorts of money on blowing up things and just replacing them, utilizing you just an incredible amount of oil or fuel, just rocketing through space, rocketing through the air in the, in the, in the, you know, in the, in the, you know, because they need to train. Uh, a couple more things. Swifties buy up the movie tickets. That's a new thing. Swifties. You've heard of that, right? The Swifties. So I have an interesting observation, which I don't know what, if I can write, should write it up. I'll, I'll, I, bring, I probably will bring it up to No Agenda Show. I'll bring it up now since you have it on the list here, mm-hmm. Swifties. Mm-hmm. In the, you remember Elvis Presley? Yes. You remember the Beatles? Yes. Well, in the audience of these groups, and you know, the Rolling Stones, there's a lot of other groups. You go back before that, you got Frank Sinatra, you got uh, Bing Crosby even before him. The audience was filled of screaming girls. Yeah. Screaming over this, it's almost like a sexual thing, screaming their heads off over males that are up there shaking their tush. Mm-hmm. Now, what, now it's screaming girls over some other girl. Is you find that a little peculiar? Well, is it, is it, do are you, are you, you're pinning it on the screaming and fainting, right? And the, and the, and the crying yeah. and the hysteria. You're pinning it on, as I as I think you are, on a on a sexual issue, on a on a love or just a hysteria over the other sex. It, maybe it's not that at all. Maybe it's just a starstruck moment. I find it very strange at this moment in time for this to be going on. Well, you, if I know you, there's more to the story. There is a no, there I is something behind yet. all this. Yeah, and. Well, I don't know. I think they're trying. I not. I don't have any evidence for anything. I'm just saying that's my. So this is, obser- this is your observation. I'll go from there. All right. So the observation is something is amiss. We've switched from this uh, love affair and this hysteria and this incredible convulsive hysterical crying and fainting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. From a woman a description that is that is watching a male croon. I mean, say, you know, right? To now women are. Now, what about the other one? What, are, are men do, getting shaky knees also when it comes to Taylor Swift? Only gay men. It's gay men. Like a Barbara Streisand? I don't know any normal men who do that. Oh, we're all stuck using the word normal. Over. Are we allowed to do that? No, are, we, are we beyond the oh, point I'm of I'm sorry, locus? I said it that way. Oh, I meant a, uh, I a heteronormative, is what I meant, is the word. <laughs> heteronormative. 
Just keep it. I'll keep it in line with the with the current politics. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, we don't. Generally want to... speaking, I've seen no heteronormative men, uh, cisgendered men. Um, we're digging deep. Doing this, yeah. uh, screaming like it, like women. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. I think that's something to take a look at. And something's and amiss. Something's You're amiss. right. You you nailed it. Well, this world is on the wrong axis to begin with, isn't it? <laughs> Kind of like this. We woke up I one get morning. nothing but grief for this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into it. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, the other thing is, you guessed it, more strikes. Another announcement of another strike. Yeah, you, you're, you were right. I was totally wrong on this. Every well, time you turn around, there's a new strike. strike. Somebody's striking. So Which one, one are you talking about? This, this one's time? the uh, casino workers in yes, Detroit. Yes, in Detroit. Yeah, 3,700. Let's take a look at that. Let's go down to that story. Right now, let's see where I got this. Strike? UAW strike. Well, we know that. Let's talk about that. Ford Motor Executive Chair Bill Ford at an event says it's time for the strike to end. Says the supply chain will collapse if the strike drags on. So the strike is costing GM and Ford more than $500 million bucks so far. Yeah. This is from a J.P. Morgan analyst. And uh, Ford is now losing $44 million a day, while GM is losing $21 million a day. They both already scaled back planned investments in EV and battery plants. And well, that's a plus. Uh, yeah, well, this is a problem. So they trimmed their spending in this year on EVs already in July, back in July, between uh, 11 billion and 12 billion bucks. Um, mm. The company said it has a good spend up to 13 billion this year, but no, it's not going to. The company also, uh, Ford also raised its cost cutting target through the uh, end of the year through the end of next year, to $1 billion. So uh, just to let you know, uh, uh, attention strikers, attention. You can strike and blow the doors off the company, and then you'll come back to work, and then they're going to fire your ass. Just letting you know. Uh, mass layoffs are probably coming. Well, yeah. Now, I wonder, you know, I would say that if I was the one negotiating this deal, I would put somewhere in there that there can't be these mass firings. Wouldn't you have to say that because, you know. Yeah, but I'm not sure they're going to do that. Uh, these guys, these unions are, are not up to snuff anymore. Mm -hmm. All right, let's see what else. we got more strikes. we got, let's see what else. Is nice. Okay, strikes. Casino workers going on strike in Detroit. The work stoppage targets one. operations yeah. the MGM Grand Detroit, owned by MGM Resorts International, Motor City Casino, and Hollywood Casino at Greektown, owned by Penn Entertainment. And uh, total 3,700 workers employed in positions throughout the properties, including dealers, cleaning staff, food and beverage workers, valets, engineers, and more. Oh, my yeah. God. The valet parkers are on strike. I can't take it. I find it peculiar <laughs> that all these guys all would go on strike. At well, don't they have to if they're part of the same union division? Are they? Is the valet guy the same union? I'm, as sure, the guy it is. I'm sure they are. 21 blackjack. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's not like a valet union that's very strong at the casinos in Detroit or just even at the just in Detroit. I mean, you think there's like a, a local valet? That. You think there's a local valet park? I would agree with that. But why would the valets, you know, this? OK. It's well, not like a, it's not like a job that would normally be unionized. It's a job that depends almost ex exclusively on tips. Yeah, I, I agree. Some guy drives his Mercedes and you know you expect to get five to ten bucks from him, and sometimes I'm sure these guys will drop a hundred on these guys. 
park it up front. Park it. Park. You know, you pull. I don't know if you do this, but I pull up my car and like, sir, would you like me to park it up front? I'm like, oh, that's nice of you. What's that? It'd be thirty dollars. I'm like, well, how much is to park regular? Like just like four spots over. Oh, that's complimentary. I'm like, I, I, what are you talking about? Why would I even do that? What so you, places this said this happened? Oh, to there's you. plenty of places down here, Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Come on. Would you like me to park it up front? No. As a matter of fact, I don't care if you park it in the ocean. As long as I get it back and I can drive it. Where you, in the ocean. I don't care. As long as I can get it back at the end and I can I, I can drive away with it when I'm finished. Kind of stupid. What you get for driving a fancy looking car. Oh, I don't. It's not that fancy. Anyway, um, market updates. Uh, markets are clearly in a downtrend to maybe even consolidating ahead of all this news that's going to be coming out, particularly with some of the uh, economics, but more so, and we saw some retail sales today came out pretty hot. Retail sales came out hot. Markets freaked out early. And then there was all sorts of news that uh, U.S. was putting. This is an interesting day. The sequence went like this today. Markets were kind of soft overnight after a big day for whatever reason yesterday. There was no reason. and Big day up. And then uh, markets were a little bit soft. Retail sales came out at 8.30, pretty hot. I mean, 0.6 month over month. 0.8 when you strip out a few things. Pretty good compared to what you would think would be the reality in a uh, in, in, in a market in an economy that's supposed to be slowing. Consumers yeah. are like, <laughs> the hell with that. I'm spending. So we got <laughs> we got that going on. Then you get announcements that there's more. Uh, this, this is pretty fascinating. There's mo all sorts of new uh, provisions being put on chips that will be sent or even exclusions on chips that will be sent from here to China. So some of the AI chips and all that are going to be precluded from trade. AI chips? What is it, AI? Like, oh, you mean the NVIDIA, NVIDIA chips? and AMD and all these guys, right? Broadcom. Really AI so, chip. so there's a concern okay. about Broadcom. All of a sudden, everything just takes a total shit this morning. NVIDIA is down $33. You know, this is down. And then all the companies, before you even know what's going on, come out with uh, these new rules will have no material impact on our sales. Now, I'm thinking to myself, let me get this straight. <laughs> the China market's a big market for them. When there's an announcement about that, they talk about how great this market is and how it's going to be, um, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the, the attribution We're, to our Welcome earnings, to Silicon Valley. Yeah, it's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> but now, one of two things. Either they, what they say is that it has no material impact. So, so why are you even in the country if it has no material impact? And then two... If you keep on saying that there's no material impact, don't you think the government's going to tighten it up even further? All the companies turned around, started moving up. Not not up, but higher. Some of the AI companies went up. Uh, we saw like Tesla was down $8, kind of went flat by the end of the day. AMD was down like 3.5%, finished down 1%. Um, NVIDIA finished down about 23 bucks, But at one time, it was kind of cruising up about, you know, only down 15 from down 35 or so. So uh, just a real crazy day of stupidity today. And and then, of course, the news that we uh, killed one of the high-ranking Hamas. That was that was in the news today, and that kind of got everybody all juiced up. Oh, doing that? We're killing them like that, and maybe we don't have to go in. And, and of course, everybody's all excited. And <laughs> so I watched CNN. I watched Fox yesterday because I was flipping through stuff, and then I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just interesting. There's two things that look the same. CNN, oh, our president. He's going in and showing his solidarity with Israel. He's flying in, 
And, uh, you know, we're concerned about some of the risk and all that, but fantastic, you know, that he's there. He was there in Ukraine. He's, he's there here. He's just, you know, showing the support for our allies and just really, what a great man. Fox, what a moron. You know? <laughs> yeah. Going into good. a war zone for no reason. He's a bumbling fool to begin with. And, they, you know, they go on and on and on and on. What a bad idea this is from start to finish. So <laughs> I think you squeeze those together yeah. somewhere and you got some reality. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, most of the market, I think markets are looking a little bit past Israel right now. But the big concern is, um, you know, is it going to spread? We're going to see that Jordan step in. Are we going to see that, uh, mm. you know, Lebanon, we saw some things going there. And, you know, and the bigger issue right now, I think, is, the well, it's, it's more fascinating. The twisting and the turning of the of, of the information. And, and I, I don't have anything to tell you what's right or wrong, because I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know either right now, about what's going on there and how it is starting to really um, wake up some of the people on the, on the sidelines that are watching what's going on and realizing how asleep they have been with the woke and with the student bodies being absolutely morons. And what, what are some yes, of the, yes, indeed. Some of the things that are coming out of them are pretty fascinating. Like, for example, companies have gotten the names of many of the people that are protesting and have rescinded job offers. Maybe yeah, big- there's some organization that's, that's finding out who these people are who are protesting and they're sending it. This is like the. That's great. It's great. This is the kind of chicken shit. It's kind of chicken shit. Which, which part? Like, the chicken shit part is, is identifying whoever it is under any circumstances and then going after somebody who's made. Let the people make their own decisions. That's what my, my part is. And I'm, I'm going to bring a no agenda example in. We had some douchebag that's been bitching and moaning about us and they hate us. Thinks we're. And they're anti-Jewish. Mm. And so we have a meetup coming up and somebody wrote the same guy wrote to that, the burger place that's going to have the meetup and says, there's these people are, are homophobic jerk offs. You shouldn't let them come to this meetup. You should, you should shut it down. Coincidentally, the guy holding the meetup is the guy who owns the place. Mm. He sends us the note and we, you know, they're out of anyway. They set, they settle it. This kind of thing where you're, you're, and whether it's, I don't care whose side you're on on anything, this idea of going after the advertisers of podcasts or going after someone who's going to, who's got a job interview and all that stuff by circumventing the situation and, oh, this guy was here, so he's no good. You don't know what he was doing there. But it's beside the point. You shouldn't be doing that. It should be the company should make their own decision about who to hire, not based on what you know. But, but maybe the company was asking for this uh, information. Is that good? Nobody asked for this information. All right. Anyway, so that's my point. Mm. Well, uh, no, I mean, I don't like these these Palestinian protesters, and I understand what they're doing, and they're it's being financed by a, a bunch of sketchy operations. And they on all the campuses, and they should have been rousted years ago, but nobody's done anything. Now they're making a big fuss. Give me a break. The whole thing is disturbing to me, I must tell you. You know, and, and uh, you know, the, the, I don't think that I've ever been concerned about, you know, being Jewish in America. And it's a little weird. It's just a little, little strange. Yeah, that, I think that's exaggerated. I mean, and I don't think you should be. I think the number of anti I don't think it should be in America, or they shouldn't be scared of America. 
you shouldn't be scared in America oh, yeah. ever. Right. Right. And I and and the evidence that there was some oh some kid I guess was killed recently you know for some unknown reason there's a, uh, some town I mean these these the statistics on this is so low the America uh, America is a, a second homeland to the Jews in general and we just have to okay well what are we going to do about nothing they 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 provide a uh, a solid basis for the economy I mean I don't understand what the complaining is I don't understand either moving along. Um, let's talk about, it. I have a big webinar coming up on November 15th. You follow me over on Twitter, Andrew Horowitz, one word. Uh, you'll find out more about that, but make sure you start to follow me. And of course, John C. Dvorak at the real Dvorak. And he mentioned it by the way, which is the topic of no agenda with himself and Adam Curry on uh, Thursdays and Sundays, each and every week, 2 PM deconstructing and obviously pissing off crazy people out there. <laughs> Does piss off a few people. <laughs> well, but all we do is take the news and then and then find it's inaccurate. Well, it's a lot of that, and it's not going to stop. I no, mean, it's actually going to. It just gets worse and worse. It's yeah. it's horrible. Let's talk about Israel and the Middle East. Doesn't obviously appear to be any easy way out of this, um, but we want to talk about it in uh, the respect to markets and finance. Israel stock market not doing very well. The ETF, which is EIS, is the symbol down about 11, 12% since this all began, which isn't that terrible if you think about it. No. You know, if you think it's one thing if you have a country that's, let's, let's say the United States, we go to war, right? And, you know, you look at the, the United States economy, which, and let's say it's even on our borders. I don't know, we're fighting Canada, let's say, as crazy as it sounds, right? But, this That'd is a huge good. country. <laughs> that would be fun to watch. Uh, but this is a huge, huge country. And there, it's a very small country, compact, size-wise. By, by right? the way, I should note that we have fought Canada before and lost. We did? War of 1812. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Well, let's not, do, let's not make that mistake again. They obviously got us beat. <laughs> a lot of people don't want to realize that the Canadians remember, remember and they like to, hey, you know, we kicked your ass when you actually got went to war with us. Yeah, they're tough. They're tough. They can withstand yeah. the cold winters. Um, but this this stock market is only down 12, uh, 11, 12%, which I thought was pretty good considering this rocket's going halfway across the country. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. I agree. Something to look at. EIS is this. It might be a thing? buying opportunity. Yeah. But down 11%. I would like to see down, well, I don't want to see it down, but, it, you know, down a bit more. 20. Uh, 20 would be good. I don't think that's unreasonable for the, in being in the throes of a major war where you have every single border around you potentially live action. It seemed like there's a lot more going on in the country than, than you know, the stock market issues there. Um, U.S. is going to be sending about 2,000 troops for deployment to support Israel, but are not intended for combat, whatever that means. So what are we doing? We're going to feed them? We're going to shine their shoes? What are we doing? <laughs> Seriously, you have any idea about this? What does that even mean? Yeah, it's a it's a council. It's a uh, 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 what is it called? Uh, uh, consultants. Oh, listen, they go in there. They're getting ready. They're not going to deploy in 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 combat. But you know what? They're there, and you know if something needs to be, they can get them in there. There's a lot better being consultants or consultants. What does that even mean? What, what do you mean by that? 
They come in, they say, hey, look at this thing we've got. We've got this crazy piece of gear. Here's how you use it. Oh. You, 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 let me show you. Let me show you. I'll point it at this guy. And, oh, there he goes. He's been blown to smithereens. See how, how easy it is? How easy it is? Ah, it's really I see. a great product. Ah, I understand. They're, they're like uh, non, uh, non-combat assistants. Yeah, they're like, you know, like a tutors. Yeah. Uh, Tesla, let's talk about some earnings. Tesla is reporting on Wednesday. Annual goal is to do about 1.8 million deliveries. Uh, margins expected to be at a four-year low of 18%. And some people thinking right now that it could be below 15%, which would be amazing. The um, fact set EPS consensus, 73 cents per share for the quarter. Revenue, $24 billion. Here is a chart we're calling the uh, Tesla... Profitability trend. And what's interesting about this is that it is a uh, chart, very simple, that shows, and you can, by the way, see all the charts over on the show notes, dhunplugged.com, episode 673, and you can donate while you're there as well. It's a great place to do so. Not going to get in deep and start begging and hemming and hemming and hawing, but you know what? If you go and see the chart, go over there, but make sure to put a little bit of a, a spice behind it, a little bit of a couple of, couple of, uh, bucks to help out. Um, but you take a look at this 2019 and we know the cost factors were really high. They're still building out the whole thing, right? 2020, they reached uh, another height in 2021. They reached the peak when prices were high of about 30% overall uh, margin. Yeah. Now they're back to 18. Yeah. And probably headed down to the original number, which is 14 and 15. And there's a little something at the bottom of this chart. Can you please read it? The note? Note, margins include regulatory credits. So in other words, the $7,500 credit that you get when you buy it, and by the way, they're making it a lot easier to get the credit. You don't have to like buy the car, prove that you have the car, go through the process, get it back with your taxes. Now it's like a net-net at the dealer. Well, it's going to be in January, not yet, but it will be that way in January because that was part of the uh, ever-promising and wonderfully named Inflation Reduction Act, which was a spending bill that somebody was just having fun with the name. Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> you know? Um, so, because you have to also call it, you have to have an acronym. It's important to have some kind of an acronym. You can't have you can't have all consonants in the name of a some kind of a bill, right? No. Yeah, you have to have something that that is catchy. It's cat short is better. Short's good, but it has to be catchy and it has to be you know like yeah, inflation reduction. IRA. It's like the yeah, uh, is yeah. the uh, uh, Irish Republican Army. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're going to end up getting blowed up. Blow things up. That's what they're talking about. So. Um, What's interesting here is you see it's 18.1%, again, way down, but that includes the regulatory credits, which some of that wasn't even available to Tesla over the last couple of years because they utilized all the credits were available to them. And what about back in the day when the, you got this chart? It shows 2019. Were there regulatory credits included in that? Yeah. And maybe the entire chart. So it's uh, just, it's just, a, it's just not even a variable. It's just, it a is a variable cost. because I think they ran out somewhere in 21. Point though is, forget about it. Let's assume it's not a variable. Let's assume that's a let's assume that's a constant. Fact remains, their 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 margins are eighteen percent. Which if seventy five hundred on a 
even a fifty thousand dollar car, that's what? That's a lot. Twenty two percent. Is that right? Fifty thousand? No. No, not that. No, no, much. no. It's uh, about seventeen percent, right? Of the cars, well, maybe of the car. So that's and that's pure money in. It's a lot, though. There's no cost factor associated with that. Mm-mm. So, please, don't tell me how great Tesla is and all this other stuff. They're dropping prices. It's hurting margins, and it's a problem. And they're in, and and if it wasn't for uh, EV credits, they'd be in deep due. That's all I'm saying about that. Uh, well, that's so, the way it was. It was established with that in mind. Yeah, of course, so. of course. Uh, some other things: Pfizer, Moderna, BioNTech, dropping, 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 dropping. They're slashing full-year guidance by nine billion. Pfizer is slashing guidance by nine billion, noting the waning demand for its COVID treatment and vaccine. I was with my parents yeah. this weekend. I'm my, sorry, what? I was with my, with my parents this weekend. Yeah? My dad says, I'm going to get my vaccine. I'm like, oh, oh, really? He goes, yeah, I don't have as many as I should have. I said, well, how many do you have? He's like, six. I'm like, what, <laughs> what do you mean? I don't understand. What are you talking? I've heard it. of people that have had six. I can't even figure out where the six comes from. I don't know. It's like six. Some, he says some of his friends have eight. They've had eight. They're like from addicted. what? You can't keep, the, what, do you get the same shot over? Or you get, okay, it starts <laughs> off with the two shots. Right. That's two. Right. Then there's a booster that mm-hmm. came a little later. That's three. Yep. Yep. Where the other five shots come from? They, they, these people in Boca, they find they're like addicted. They're like they're like it's the same people that are addicted to plastic surgery up there. You know what I'm talking about? They gotta get the shot. They just like needles, I guess. Maybe they're just addicted to needles. Very weird. So that is weird. Yep. Uh, Rite Aid Pharmacy is declaring Chapter Eleven bar- bankruptcy. Finally, but that won't put them down. They'll probably be back somehow in some other. All form. these pharmacy operations are just slipshod. They're getting it. They're not doing very well. No, have you been to these stores? Yeah, they're they're rotten food and terribly priced. It used to be you go to a Walgreens and you like got your pharmacy goods, and if you wanted to buy something, you grab something. You know, it was terribly overpriced, but it was a convenience store. Yeah. So you're paying for the convenience. Now they think they're a full-fledged shopping thing. Like, I'm going to Walgreens to buy my food stuff. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Not happening. Why would anyone do that in I, their right mind? That's what I'm saying. It's stupid. I find it weird enough that Target is trying to promote itself as a grocery store. Walmart's interesting. They have some stuff there. I mean, Walmart doesn't. Walmart, I will say, of all the companies that have done this, and I've examined them personally, Walmart's done the best job. Mm -hmm. It's a really good full-featured grocery store within the Walmart, uh, and it's well done by someone who obviously was a grocer that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you something else about the uh, pharmacies and these, 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 these Walgreens and CVS. You know what else we used to go there for all the time? You know, and you probably did also. One, you went there on holidays to buy a Fakakta card. The Mother's Day card. They used to have a huge card selection. Huge card selection. Giant thing, yeah. 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 You'd go there also to buy- Like a quarter of an aisle of cards. Yeah, and there's also there's other times you were like, I'm going there. Like Valentine's Day to get the chocolate and stuff. They had that whole thing going on. Then they had, and if you're really smart, by the way, you always bought it. Like Easter, you buy it three days after Easter for next year. 
<laughs> you get a great sale on stuff, right? There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they had. Um, assuming you don't eat it. Yeah, assuming you don't eat it. You know, but. Uh, and yeah. then you have um, various holidays, right? There were all the different holidays. But aside from that, maybe a little nail polish, something else that the wife has. The rest of the store, the, the stupid kids' games they have and all this stuff is, is, is ridiculous. Who needs that? Crazy. Um, Lululemon, stock being added to the S&P 500. It's now a 52-week high. They're going to be taking the place of Activision Blizzard, which is being merged with Microsoft. That was approved by the um, EU regulators. So that, that's a go. Yeah, it paid off nicely. Surprising. Schwab beat on earnings, a little bit light on revenue. Stock was initially down, but it was up about 5% at the end of yesterday. That was good. Ferrari has uh, started to accept payment in cryptocurrency. We're back to this. No, brother. For its luxury sport cars in the U.S. and will extend the scheme Um when you read a, a, a European or UK piece that, that talks like this, they use the word scheme for plan. Extend the plan to Europe. But they use the word scheme. When we read it here, the word scheme, it sounds like something's up. It sounds like a scheme. Yeah, sounds like a scheme. But there, they, the scheme is more like plan. So uh, they, they're extending the scheme to Europe following requests from its wealthy customers. And, of course, don't forget, Tesla accepted... Bitcoin for a while, but then hold to the program because it said, you know what? Uh, we're concerned about the environmental concerns of Bitcoin. Uh-huh. Which did, yeah. it, it was something. Uh, and finally, Microsoft, I mentioned that uh, was uh, got the approval from the UK regulators as clearing the way to, for a deal to close and it just looks like it's done. Uh, other earnings, Bank of America, seven cents better than, than earnings. That was good. And, uh, non-interest expense was $15 billion. But if you look down, uh, net int interest um, income, or NII, was up $614 million, or 4% to $14 billion. That's the spread they made between what they pay on their bank accounts and what they take in for loans. But provision for losses moved to $1.2 billion, an increase of $336 million. So that was a big, big move on that case. Huh. Now, here's my favorite piece of, of news. China is considering creating a state-backed stabilization fund to shore up confidence in its equity markets. Now, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, what does it mean? I'll tell you. Thank you for asking. They're going to create a fund with lots of money, like a sovereign wealth fund or some other thing. They're going to call it a state-backed stabilization fund. They're going to hire a bunch of people, and they're basically going to say to them, hey, here's what we're going to do. You're going to spend that money. I don't care what you do and how you do it, but I want the stocks to go up. You're going to buy <laughs> as much as you can. Like buyback. This is just a version of a state-sponsored uh, state buyback. Yeah, this is the, what was it called? The uh, plunge protection team. Ah, I forgot all about the plunge yes, protection team. Yes, don't forget team. about them. They're around. The plunge protection team. This is the state overtly, overtly now telling the public that they're going to do this as opposed to Whispers and winks and nods. It should jack up prices. Yep. Um, so the news was out. State-owned banks are now starting to buy um, other state-owned banks. I don't know. It just it seems to me it's 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 you know this is this is uh, just creates all sorts of strange outcomes. It's like the poor poodle. I don't know why I'm coming up with this story, but 
Have you ever felt so bad for a breed of dog in your whole life? Then what? A poodle. What's wrong with the poodle? The poodle is being abused by every possible other breed. You got to kick a poodle. Oh, yeah, because they, the, they like to ble- uh, breed oh. with a poodle and call him by the doodle. And yeah, it's a bubble tubal. This Bubba-doodle, dog is being uh, just uh, raped pit, over pit, and over. Pit oodle. Yeah. They're making this dog just into a, it, 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 it's a terrible thing. Poor poodle. I find that I find that you're standing up for the poodle breed quite fascinating. Oh, is that right? Why? It's pretty weird. It's out of my. It's, it's out of. It's out of character. It's out of character. Yeah. Well, I think it's just. You don't a, look like a poodle guy. No. I just. I just think that you know what the poodle is being. It. 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 it I find it to be. Um, it, first of all, they don't get any permission. And uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's a, a dog. It's a dog. I understand. Uh, economics, PPI and CPI both came out hotter than expected this month, which means the wholesale inflation and the, uh, inflation that you and I pay is more than was expected. So it was expected and unexpected. We, we thought it would happen, but yet it's starting to get a little bit crazy how, uh, we can't get this thing knocked down at all. And bond yields rallied initially, then, then hit some technical resistance and flopped over. So... Rate high yeah. expectations ticked up ever so slightly. So uh, that's interesting. Something you'll be interested in, sir. <laughs> so security cost of living adjustments. This affects you, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I get so. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. So um, we got. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got we got a 3.2% increase coming for 2024. That's well, hardly the cost of living. Well, it's where it was. Listen to this, though. I went back and started thinking about this. And I wanted to see, like, what it's been. Because now you see things like the UAW and the um, the traffic controllers and the airline pilots. They're looking for 30%, 40% over a few years, right? Yeah. And I always thought that was a lot. 8.7% was the increase for 2023. 5.9% was the increase for 2022. That's an 18.9% increase over three years. Yeah, and you end up losing most of that increase to a huge jump up in the price of Medicare, which comes right off the top. Yeah. So this is bull crap. Speaking about what's going on and, and losing money, there's something really fascinating happening down here. And I can tell you from a personal story because I just reviewed this for my daughter. So my daughter lives in a condo, which she bought a number of years ago for, I think we bought it for, for 95000 It's worth like two seventy. Mm. Not bad, right? Sounds No, that's excellent. Yeah. So um, she's a townhouse, kind of townhouse thing. So I yeah. get this letter that is put out by the Condominium Association, like the HOA. And um, there's two things they're talking about. Number one, there's a need to fix the roofs. The roofs. Um and due to new code or whatever, okay, whatever. It's like four hundred twenty thousand total for all the, you know, all the all the houses. That's about two hundred nineteen dollars per month assessment for a number of years to pay off a twenty year loan and blah 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 blah. And then we get this other part that one of the reasons they need to fix it is because there's an insurance issue and because of that whole building that fell down. Remember that building um, in oh, Surfside. Yeah. And um, the problem with 40-year and 20-year and 40-year inspections and all this other stuff. I'm not kidding you. The total cost for the insurance for the common areas of this this, um, 
uh, of this, I think there's 138 homes in this neighborhood. It yeah. was $450,000. That was the cost for the insurance. The new insurance cost for 2000 going to 2024, $1.5 million. 3X. 3X. It takes her HOA from $560 a month, which is still high, with yeah, no reserve, with would, no, res- with no reserve, that. no reserve for in- going into any future fund for anything, to a thousand thirty nine. Now listen, here's the problem. You have people living in townhomes; they're making a certain amount of income, and now all of a sudden, because insurance is going up, and everybody's blaming DeSantis for his just lack of any leadership in this area at all. And all his desire just to be president and just basically now leaving just Florida just to flail around and hoping to make conquests over moral and other things and not dealing with the finance of the state. That's that's the going thing with DeSantis now. I don't see why he has anything to do with this, but yeah. Because he can, he can make rules about the – everybody pulled out. All the insurance companies pulled out. What's he supposed to do about it? Well, he can mandate certain either state run, which we had for a while. But, I mean, listen, you have people who live in a townhouse that all of a sudden are going to be slapped with an extra, forget the 219 I told you about, $500 a month? Where's that coming from? Well, that's what I said. That's why the Social Security increase doesn't mean anything. That is a problem. This is, this is bad. So here's the problem. Let me give you the end shot of this, okay? Let me tell you where this goes. Condos in South Florida. Now you have a condo that is an extra $500 a month on top of what it was. $500 a month increase in base cost. You got me so far? Yeah. You got a $250,000 townhome. Somebody now comes to buy it. Now they're going to say, wait a minute, I got to pay $500 a month for that? That's like a $100,000 piece of mortgage. Yeah. And, and on top of that, I got to pay 7% from my mortgage that, that where as opposed to where it was. That $250,000 house, I will tell you, is going to come down to one hundred fifty dollars like nobody's tomorrow. I would think so. Yeah, that's a problem. This is like the this is like the the condo crash of uh, 2008 all over again. Florida has this happening constantly. Well, it's, it, you know, you have a choice of whether to put money aside in reserves for the future or not. But this insurance thing is not this is a whole different animal. It's an extra This is happening everywhere. That's a, that's this is a problem. It's a giant gouge. It's going on everywhere. California is they're trying to do it here. Uh, this is going to be a big, big issue for people. The, people can't, ex- really, I'm not kidding you. This is, this is a big problem right here. So get out where the going's good. Where else can I live by the water? There's, uh, uh, there needs to be better. In- 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 I blame it all on the, the lack of uh, enforcement by insurance commissioners. Yeah, could be. They don't do jack. Yeah. Probably get a... I could probably get a good seaside price on a on a piece of land in Gaza, don't you think? <laughs> I could. I bet you there's some de- decent property there. Yeah, I'm sure there is. All right, we got a lot more to go through here. Um, collusion. Okay, this is interesting. So you know how you buy a house and you gotta like get stuck with that six percent fee, approximately. You know you can. Yeah. Make, yeah. Well, the lucrative. Broker commission system is at the heart of a U.S. residential housing market, and it's facing unprecedented antitrust scrutiny from the Justice Department. Uh. And there's two private class action lawsuits that risk weakening the national 
Association of Realtors, or the NAR. So the commission-sharing structure equals collusion, says an attorney, the plaintiff's attorney, in a Missouri case, because the NAR requires that selling agents pay a portion of that to the buying agents, right? You know, the seller that comes in, and who pays for that? Well, it's the... Right, they split it they up. They split yeah. it up, yeah. So Remax and Anywhere Real Estate agreed already to a $55 million and $83 million fine and no longer require agents to belong to NAR. Hmm. Lawsuit, and so and that the other thing is the 6% is the norm for, for, for the United States. Whereas uh, places, there's some places in Europe and I think in Australia, New Zealand, 2% is the norm. So this, yeah. so the lawsuit also alleges that this the commission actually and artificially inflates prices. You want to sell a house for three hundred thousand, but you know you got to pay an eighteen thousand dollar commission. You say, okay, you know what? Let's get it going for three eighteen. Yeah, I'm not taking a penny under three seventeen. <laughs> um, Disney activist Nelson. It, it, it Peltz. works in hot. It works in, in hot markets. Everybody, yeah, but everybody needs to pay. It's always the same. Yeah, well, that's what happens. Wow. So you're in favor I can't of the get 6%. Worked up about it. Would you think that lowering that commission would be a better thing in life? Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. So you're along with them. Well. Yeah. Disney, Nelson Peltz from Try and Fund Management's in there. Plans to push for multiple seats on the board, including one for Peltz. This Peltz guy's been trying to do this for years. Yeah, he has for, for a long, long time. And uh, Bob Iger, who is the current CEO, not a big fan of the uh, entry of an activist. Pfft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> Let's see what he get. Diamond, Jamie Diamond has said to say recently, we hope for the best. We will pay, prepare the firm for a broad range of outcomes so we can consistently deliver to clients no matter the environment. Yeah. He also said this may be the most dangerous time the world has seen in decades. Oh, please. Yeah. He's coming out with some very interesting points there. Uh, UAW strike. Let's see what it is. Uh, we talked about this, so that's good. Yeah. AMC. So, want to talk about that? Mm-mm. You want to talk about AMC? Yeah. Uh, sales numbers are in uh, at record for the Taylor Swift concert, the movie film, the concert film. Uh, yeah, the one with all the screaming girls. 95 million in domestic ticket sales. Yeah. So pretty good there. Topping record for concert movies. And I wanted to look up, hey, well, what were they before? Like, who's got it? So right behind this, the last time we had these kind of numbers was Justin Bieber's Never Say Never tour, it was filmed for 2011, where he pulled in $73 million. Yeah. Nice. Nice haul. Time before that was 2009. Michael Jackson's This Is It, $72 million. Hmm. So good money to be made on that. I mean, I, I think that if the day you comes. Have have, it, it takes a confluence of all kinds of elements to make this work. Yeah. I, th- I think when the day comes that they make a movie about the uh, life and times of John and Andrew, we could probably bang out some of this. Yeah, we could get a good uh, couple hundred thousand dollars, I'll bet, if we get a big I think so. I think so. By the time it's all done with managers and all costs, we should probably net about a buck two fifty. 
No, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, for the golfers out there, we're talking about raw power. I don't know if you saw this, but two-time world long-distance champion Kyle Berkshire made he history had to have this a, week. a wind behind his back. Well, he had a wind, okay, but there's he's still no def- way you can do this. this Five hundred and seventy-nine. I played golf last week. I think if I went two twenty, I'd be excited. Five hundred and seventy-nine yard drive. I had three twenty-nine once. You did, yeah, but it's yeah. not. That's not five seventy-nine. No, 579 doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I don't understand the whole thing. Seems a little long. I mean, unless, I don't know what to say. There's something else. How do you, the ball itself, physically, to be hit so hard that it would go that far, would just blow up on the tee. And how about, how do they have such a stretch of openness? Yeah, there you go. That's a big question. Right? Yeah. Mm. Crazy. Uh, big news, big news. I saw him. I was there. I have experienced it, but it is to be no longer. DJ DeSaul is hanging up his headphones. David Solomon. Okay. Yep, David Solomon, the CEO of uh, Goldman Sachs. Oh, that guy, yeah. Yeah, he's taking too much scrutiny. A lot of scrutiny. Controversy. Seems that uh, he's only going to be DJing now for family weddings and funerals. That's right. He liked to DJ. Yeah, he was a DJ. He was a old... Bald white guy that couldn't dance, trying to dance and trying to look cool. I was there. I saw it. I was embarrassed for him. Seriously, is that, is you you actually saw him do this? I was. I told you last. And you summer. were embarrassed for. I him. was I embarrassed. I was terribly embarrassed. I didn't say it afterwards. I went up to him like, "Hey, you were great. Oh my god, fantastic! When can you come on the podcast?" That's what I did. That's what happened. It's a true story. <laughs> did you get him on the podcast? I, I have his email. He gave me his email. We've emailed back and forth a few times. Yeah, ne- never, ne- never, never got anywhere. He's too busy. Well, maybe now. Maybe now that he doesn't have to be uh, practicing spinning the disc. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, We are in now the season. We are where? On the 17th of October, 2023. Right on time, we start the annual guessing game of how much consumers will spend during the holiday season. Yeah, it's about time. About time. And Joe, gosh, don't you know it? The first number I'm seeing is exactly the same as I see every year. Holiday spending is going to grow 14% this year. That's like <laughs> that's like the 15% that I see. You know, on no agenda, they have a special number, the 33, right? 33, the magic number. No exactly knows what the hell that means, by the way, but <laughs> it appears everywhere. Shows up for this and that, yeah. We have our thoughts, but we can't prove a thing. 15 is the number I look at for fraud. When you see that the investment house is telling you that you can make 15% per year, it's like, uh-oh, red flag. Somehow Madoff was 15%. This guy was 15%. Don't forget all the uh, cryptocurrency deals, 15%. It's like enough, but not too much. It's enough to be tantalizing, but not too much to think it's ridiculous. Yeah, it'd be nice to make 15% a year yeah. uh, without work. Yep. So the holiday season spending is expected to rise this year versus last year, though the increase among middle-income shoppers is forecast to be far smaller due to the impact of student loans and lower wage growth. So there you have it. There you have it. Well, what do you think is going to happen in the holiday season upcoming? What do you? What's your sense? My sense is that there's there's a bit of a change in dynamic. I think the I think there is something palpable that is happening. For example, with spending on on travel. 
You can see there's some softness in there. Yeah, People aren't, yeah. You know, there was a while that it's like, you know, um, FOMO and, and YOLO all at once, right? Whereas people are like, you know what? I could have died. I could have died from this cold. I could have died. People were dropping everywhere around me. I had to walk over corpses. The TV was showing refrigerating trucks. This was, you know, yeah, could have been me. the refrigerated trucks. <laughs> could have been, could have been me. Anyway, listen, we all in the beginning didn't know what the hell was going on. It was pretty scary in the beginning. You know, then kind of cooler heads prevailed. Um, and yes, I did get the vaccines, which you guys ripped me apart for. I got the, the first two shots. Well, you were pressured by your family to yeah. get the shots, yeah. and so you did. Yeah. So and there's a lot of people that had, you know, that wouldn't have gotten the shots, but they, they would have been fired for their from their job or this and that. I mean, oh, I forgot about there that. There was a lot of reasons to get the shot that was other than just uh, clear thinking. We had we had friends that would get together Tuesday nights in a parking garage, and we had to sit like 25 feet away from each other. I'm like, what are we yeah, doing? There's a lot of there was a lot of that going on. And then you and, got near uh, somebody. And but you have your like you said, you have your friends who have six and eight shots. Right, well, that's my family. Why are they still getting these shots? They're, they're gonna get them in the first place. forever. They're gonna get them forever. So, and my dad gets the flu shot too. I'm like, well, what else? What else? Again, another shot that I gave up on. So, we used to go to, to these parking garages, and I remember people would walk towards you to talk to you. And as they're walking towards you, or whatever. Yeah, I remember. Everybody's walking the other way. Everybody's backing up. Everybody's across the street. Everybody's backing up. They're all freaked out. Yeah. (laughs) And and, and God forbid you were in the vicinity. If you were within within 200 feet of someone who got COVID after the fact, right? You know, so you're you're, you're near somebody. They were down the block. And then you hear two days later, oh, they had COVID. Oh, my God, I'm going to get it. You know, it's, oh, or the, the old, and I'll finish on this. When you're outside, you can't get it. But if you're inside, you can't get it. So we were kind of crazy back then. Anyway, let's get over to, uh, let's get over to uh, our, our, our week. Let me see, make sure I fixed, we fixed everything here. We finished everything. China, economics, security, collusion, Mideast. By the way, again, I'll mention that all of these notes are spelled out pretty well over on the, uh, Show notes page over on DH Unplugged, episode number 673, which, where, and when you can donate at the same time. And uh, we know there's a lot of you out there that have helped out and, and done your part over the years, and you continue to do so, and we thank you so much for that. We also are asking all of you that have not dug deep or even not even dug, not even scratched the surface of your pocketbook to please come on over and do your thing over on DH Unplugged. Plenty of ways to give. I think we're going to... Yeah. Oh, yep, everything's done. All right, here we go. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company, myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discussed in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. So I wanted to and take here you we back. Are. Can you can you go back to let's let's go back the f- furthest date uh, uh pretty much a year ago to the day. 1 year ago to the day. And these have 15% yeah. stops and they still haven't come out. First of all, the iShares MSCI Europe 
that it hasn't moved. It's like, I can't, I don't even understand. It hasn't moved. No, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's astonishing. Like today was zero. Those, those two are both yours and they're both the oldest ones on this list now are yours, which is interesting. Is this even true? And then when we drop down to some of my old calls, which the biggest one in the group is Target, which is a short, which I still would do today, uh, 16%. And then a short of Tesla, which is still making money. And then a short of Netflix. Ha ha. Yeah. Still finally still, still doing well. It's 20 up 20. Yeah, my recollection uh, is that Netflix has been some of your some of yours or ours, but yours best picks. I I managed to get on the right band, you know, on the right uh, wavelength for Netflix for some unknown reason. Mm. And that started years ago. Um Nvidia, I have a short on that and that's up, but Coming down to the newer ones, uh, we do have this iShares thing that we're going off against each other. And I have the the short, you have the long, the short's up. So yeah, this the is the, still uh, working. The, this was, last week it was reversed. This is the long bond. So the long bond yield as of now, from the time we picked this, is higher than it was back then. So yeah. rates are up. It is minor. This is dead money is the way I look at it, but it's just something. Now, the ones that are interesting is the long Nike, which is yours, which is up to 13%. And my shorts on Amcor and it's Cohis are slightly down. So I think the short thing's done. I think I'm done. Oh. I've been shorting since what? Since the summer. Seems like forever. Long time. Seems like forever. forever. I guess the first was 5, 10, yeah. 23. So I'm just going to stop. I'm going to go long today. Oh, wow. Big news. Hold the phone. Let me, uh, I think it, it might be something that I've got to send. Maybe I, if I'm in the rhythm, I'm doing the right thing. Let me put this on here. Put this on here. And I'm going long Vox. V-O-X. X-X, I think. Oh, yeah, there was an X on the end of that. V-O-X-X-X. Which is Vox International? It was didn't move today at all, as a matter of fact. Which is kind of no, weird. but there's there's an insider that's buying it. He's a, one of the directors, this guy named Stephen Downing, and he's been buying it and buying it and buying it. And uh, he's plays his. He also has a company that he's the CEO of called uh, Gentex Auto Parts, mm -hmm. and he plays that stock up and down. And he seems to be adept. So his recent purchase of Vox, uh, a $15 million buy, mm. uh, is I'm, I'm seeing it as a signal that something's up here. So I'm going to, I'm going to go long on Vox. I would have, I would have probably picked up, uh, well, um, I would probably, uh, consider into earnings Tesla and, uh, I'd probably pick up some more either smaller oil companies uh, and some of the defense names, but we have that. We have the ITA in there, which is the defense, the, the, you know, yeah, I mean, I'd pick it. up Boeing at this point. I'd pick up, um, maybe not a Lockheed as much, uh, but, but, but Raytheon, maybe, you know, it's always a winner. Yeah. You got RTX, you got UT, uh, UTI. Um, there's, there's a few others out there. I don't know. There's, there's, there's definitely Garmin is interesting, uh, different genre on that. You know, I looked at some of the gun stocks, 
I, I thought it was interesting how they looked terrible. I would have thought they would be doing pretty well. Huh. Gun stocks are always, well, you got to wait for some mass. When usually there's a mass shooting, gun stocks skyrocket. Don't you think right what's after. going on with the protest in the United States with, um, you know, the Israeli versus Palestinians and what's going on around the world? Wouldn't I personally grab the gun that I won last year? Remember I won that gun last year? Yeah, you won a gun. I didn't. It's been in my safe for a year. Sunday I went Have out. Have taken it to the range? We, 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 it yep, we took it out on the range. Bought, How's you know, it shoot? Pretty well. That Not as well as the AR-15 I shot. That was fun. And the uh, 45-something or other I shot. AR-15s are the best. Yeah, that was good. It was, um, that was beautiful. These This Palestinian-Israeli thing seems to result in stabbings. It's more per, isn't that more personal? Chit-chat. Isn't that more yeah, personal? Yeah, well, I, I hope so. That or choking, I think this is more personal. Ugh. But I would say uh, there hasn't been enough gun chit-chat. You know, oh, guns to, to jack the gun uh, companies up. Mm. Something's up with that. Well, let's keep it that way. <laughs> we don't need any of this anymore. All right, let's get a uh, call to a close. All right. I'm Talk going to, to Guatemala. Season. I'll tell you all about the trip. Oh, Guatemala's got to be fun. Guatemala for the weekend, fishing. A, Why? A, oh, fishing. Fishing, yeah. I'll be back to tell you stories. I'll, well, that's I'll send a, you a pictures. You're a diehard fisher to go down there. Okay. Yeah. There's marlin, sailfish, dorado, and roosterfish. Wow. Yeah, big. It's going to be great. Pack some of nice and send them to me. Okay. <laughs> See you later. All right, bye. Bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, because I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the icy stare. Cause I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.